Coca-Cola presents The Spike Jones Show with Spike and the City Slickers, including Doodles Weavers, Professor Fiedelbaum, George Rock, Dick and Freddie Morgan, Sir Frederick Gass, Jack Dolly, Dr. Horatio Q. Birdbath, and our special guest, Don Amici. What are you doing tonight, asks the voice at the other end of the phone. First thing you know, a party's in the making. Saturday night is a night for get-togethers. If you're expecting people over, how about stepping down to the corner store for a couple of cartons of Coke? Or take the car and bring home a case from the grocery or service station. Then there'll be enough Coca-Cola on ice, no matter how many unexpected guests drop in. Tonight we're broadcasting transcribed from San Francisco. And now, here are Spike Jones and the City Slickers. Will you wait a minute? What's the matter, Mr. Jones? Well, I'm ashamed of the way you're playing. What'll the people of San Francisco think of us? Especially after the wonderful welcome they gave us. Why, when our train pulled into the San Francisco station, they had a big sign on the platform. What'd it say? San Francisco. <laughs> music lovers. With those formalities out of the way, we turn to our weekly musical roundtable discussion. Three experts from my orchestra have seated themselves and are ready to start. Gentlemen, tonight our subject is opera. Dr. Richard Morgan, what do you think of Muscagney's Cavalier Rusticana? I didn't even know he bought one. Ah, this whole thing is a waste of time. You don't know the first thing about opera. Oh, no. Ask me about any opera. I know all their names. Okay. How many operas do you know that begin with D? Don Giovanni, 
D. Volcari. How many operas do you know that begin with T? Travator, Tosca, Traviata. How many operas begin with X? Excerpts from La Boheme. <laughs> Okay, Dr. Morgan, that'll be enough. Now I see our second expert has skipped up to the microphone. Uh, Mr. Joe, as far as opera is concerned, I have given much thought to opera. Wait a second, will you? Take it easy, will you? The people of San Francisco don't know you. Would you please tell them your name? Why, of course. I am Henry J. Kaiser. Look, your name is Sir Frederick Gass. You're not Henry J. Kaiser. Are you sure? I am, Sir Frederick. You're Sir Frederick? Well, then who am I? You're Sir Frederick, silly. Sir Frederick, silly? I thought I was Sir Frederick Gass. No, no. When I say Sir Frederick silly, I mean Sir Frederick comma silly. Now I've got a middle name. Look, let's start all over again. I'll call you Amos and you call me Andy. Oh, that's ridiculous. I'm not Amos. I know. I'm the kingfish. (laughs) Will you please cut out this nonsense? Whatever you say, Brother Andy. Stop it, Sir Frederick. Let's get to our musical roundtable discussion. Tonight, we're talking about the opera. Do you know anything about it? Well, only last week I saw Carmen. Well, suppose you tell us what Carmen is about. Well, I'd be glad to. In the first act, Carmen is working in a cigarette factory, and she falls into the cigarette machine, and she gets all wrapped up in the paper, and she comes out looking like a king... Oh, my... Oh, my... In the second act... Yeah, that's a good act. Carmen meets Don Jose, who is a bullfighter, and he throws a bull, and... She catches it. Oh, oh I'm going to catch it if I... Oh. In this third act, I like that act. <clears throat> Carmen goes to the bullfight and she sees the matador, uh, uh, the picador, and the revolving door. <laughs> oh, I'm going round in circles. <clears throat> Say, uh, would you like to hear Ghost Riders in the Sky? <laughs> Thank you, Sir Frederick Gass. Now, here's our third expert, our four-year-old child prodigy, 280 pounds of George Rock. (laughs) Well, Georgie, are you having a good time in San Francisco? Oh, yeah. On the cable car. When the car got to the top of a big hill, I sneaked up and released the brake. <laughs> Mercy, what happened? We beat the ferry to Oakland by three minutes. <laughs>
What else did you do? Well, we went over to Alcatraz to visit my uncle. Your uncle's in Alcatraz? Yeah. He thinks he's a mix master. A mix master? He's going stir crazy. <laughs> Now here is Dick Baldwin singing the title number from the new picture, It Happens Every Spring. It happens every spring, the world is young again, with children on and up. The daisy swing, a carousel with horses freshly painted, the oompa that says, let's get acquainted. What is that cheer I heard? A fellow stealing third, your neighbor's boy became a home run king. Your dad rolls up his sleeves to clean the attic. Your 16-year-old sister goes dramatic. It happens. Yes, it happens every spring. The tears that go with sulfur and molasses. The outstretched nickels when an ice cream wagon passes. A rippling stream sounds like a rippling heart. As Mother Nature proudly spreads her new green carpet. Be patient, lonely one. Your love will come along. Your autumn heart will find a song to sing. Then raindrops will be dancing to the tune of it. The carefree day and April, May and June of it. And remember, it never rains but what it pours. And maybe raindrops will be whispering. Be patient, lonely one Your love will come along It happens It always happens Michael Roy speaking for the Coca-Cola Company. At the fair, at amusement parks, at ball games, the circus, or the movies. In fact, wherever you go to spend carefree summertime hours, there's ice-cold Coca-Cola ready to provide the pause that refreshes. When good times are in the air, Coke is at hand to help make play refreshing. Thank you, Mike, and now... Bye, go Spike! Professor Fiedelbaum. 
Professor, how do you like it up here in San Francisco? Oh, I love it. You know, I went to school up here. Stanford? Yes, Stanford 37. UCLA nothing. Spike, I've had several requests for Punky Alley's Dance of the Hour. Oh, that's the one in which you described the Indianapolis automobile race. Well, I'll get the city slayers together and you climb up into the broadcasting booth and let's go. Indianapolis. It's a beautiful day for the races out here. The sun is out, not a cloud in the sky. 150,000 people are waiting for this great event. What a spectacle. What a wonderful spectacle. I'll describe the whole thing now. And the boys are ready to go. They're coming down the straightaway. Now they're bunched together. I believe it's a perfect start as they go down there. And there they go! Car number two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Jack. Jack, hit me again, dealer. No, no, no. <laughs> Into the back of those cars are all going bunched together. I don't see how they can avoid an accident, but some way they avoid the accident. Number ten is the first car by the stands. Here he comes, 135 miles an hour down the straightaway. Here comes number ten. Oh, sure, number ten right now. Back number three, four, nine. A wreck! A wreck! A man skidding around out of control up in the fire turn. Unless he's careful, he's going to hit the fence. Please don't hit the fence. He'll hit the fence. Don't hit the fence. He hit it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a very slight accident on the bar turn involving 35 cars. I have my sister down on the track of an ass by assistant glib wicket to take it down there. It's all yours, but be careful as you cross the track. Well, thank you very much. I'm down on the track now. And as I cross the track, <laughs> number three went by there. As I cross the track, <laughs> four went by there. Well, here's the driver, driver Gentry. Uh, say a word or two so everybody will know you're perfectly okay. <laughs> Turn the driver of that car. He's all right. Take it upstairs. We're signing off. Whoop. Ladies and gentlemen, Mrs. Doodles, we are back in the stand for the finish of the race. The best man out here today is number 13. That boy is really moving here. There he goes now. Passing everybody, cutting in and out, driving like a madman into the bar, turn down the street. There he goes again. Every eye is glued on that car. Looks very funny with all those eyes glued on it. There he goes again. Look at him call. There he goes again. He went by twice. Here's a little midget racer doing very well. Look at that little midget coming down the straightaway. Here comes the midget. The midget racer won by. Well, P-38. Where did that come from? Now around the turn, setting a record. Down the straightaway. The crowd is going mad as he comes down here. Watch this man come down here. I believe he's going to be the winner. He's coming down to the finish line. Here he comes. Here he comes. And there goes the winner. Now I'd like to introduce our guest star of the evening, one of the screen's all-time favorites, Don Amici. (laughs) 
Say, uh, uh, Spike, what are you doing here in San Francisco? Well, my band and I are playing at the Kern Theater. At the Kern Theater? Yeah. And all the time I thought the wind was blowing in from Fisherman's Wharf. <laughs> Now, just a second, mustache mouth. Mustache mouth? Well, that is a mustache you've got under your nose, isn't it? Or did you put your mascara on in the dark? <laughs> oh, now, Spike. Spike, you're not angry just because I made a crack about your fans. Yes, I am. It so happens that the people of San Francisco like my music. Oh, yeah? Then why did they pass a law... They like it, huh? Then why do they pass a law making it illegal to jump off the Golden Gate Bridge? They jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge before my band was here. Yeah, but they didn't stand in line. <laughs> Ask any authority on music, and they'll tell you whether my music is good or not. All right, I'll do just that. My friend, Professor Cazola, is here. He's... <laughs> He's an authority on music. Well, bring him in. Okay, I'll bring him in. We'll settle this thing right now. Well, well, how do you do? I'm uh, I'm a Professor Gazzola. <laughs> professor Donamici said that you're an expert on music. What do you think of my band? Well, I don't know. I never hear him play. What the, what the kind of music do you make? All kinds. Oh, you know how to make Italian music like they play in a Venice, huh? Oh, sole mio. Oh, Sola, you are. Oh, Sola. What happened? I fall right on my gondola. Well, Professor, we'll give you a chance to hear some of my music. Right now, the City Slickers and I are going to do an opera. An opera? Oh, well, how's about to let me sing of the opera? Well, all right. What do you, what do you call it, this opera? It's a new one. It's a mystery story about a murder and how the G-men solved it. Uh-huh. And what's the name? This is your F.B. Aida. <laughs> oh, boy, you just waited for me. I'm going to back and spray my throat. Ladies and gentlemen, we present for the first time a new opera. This is your F.B. Aida. Professor Don Amici Gazzola. <laughs> Come with us now to the San Francisco Opera House. The house lights dim and the conductor mounts the podium. The orchestra tunes up. Conductor raises his baton, and now we hear the overture. As the curtain rises, the stage is dark, so nobody can tell that the curtain has gone up. The scene is the outside of a large suburban house. We see two figures silhouetted against the light. One figure has a weapon in its hand and strikes the other figure down. Murder is being committed. Ah! 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 
you're just here at the famous area, I'll be down to meet you with a sore throat, honey. <laughs> Since there has been a murder, there must be a detective to track down the murderer. This is the hero of our opera, a G-man. I am Gasola of the FBI. I smell the garlic. I am a human bloodhound. To prove that he is a bloodhound, he puts on his leash and his muzzle and sniffs his way around the office. His nose leads him right to the radio. A bulletin is being broadcast. Calling all police cars out in three. Six, nine. Things are Upon hearing this, Gazzola springs into action. He places his hand on his Dick Tracy badge and sings the well-known cadenza, Amor, Amor, La Fonda, La Bazza, Stromboli, Itzio, Pinza. <laughs> Which means only a fool would drool in his pasta fazool. I'll trail the killer and track him down. I'm ruthless and persistent to help me catch him. I have brought along in my assistant. I am the Whistler. <laughs> and I walk by night. I have to. <laughs> How can I sleep with all that doggone whistling going on? In the next scene, we are in the murder house. We see the 300-pound heroine, Aida Plenty. She is supposed to fill out the role of the soprano. She not only fills it out, she overflows it. She has a knife in one hand, a piece of salami in the other. At her feet lies her murdered husband. She is so upset that she can only eat a small piece of the salami. She looks down at him, wipes the mustard off her lips, and sings. Oh, I'm sorry I killed my poor husband. Oh, I'm sorry I ended his life. I'm sorry I stabbed him, cause now I can't slice the salami. <laughs> <laughs> 
Stricken with emotion, the tears began to run down her ears. (laughs) You see, her eyes are very far apart. (laughs) As she stands there in her grief, Gazola enters. Her grief. Gazola enters, pops a sensen in his mouth, and tenderly croons. Why did you stab him? My knife was handy. You were a sap kid. You could have killed him quicker if you sat up on his lap, kid. Gazzola makes a startling discovery. He tells Aida plenty what he has found. You didn't kill this man. Of course I did. Oh, no, you're Bobby. I stabbed him with a knife. Oh, no, he died from a salami. A salami. A salami. Yes, the kid, this is a clear case of a corpus delicatessen. When Aida hears this, she throws away the salami and starts eating the knife. Gazzola tells Aida that the murderer is the butcher boy. And then Gazzola asks her to become Mrs. Gazzola. Aida, dear, say you'll be mine. The butcher boy will pay for this crime. Gazzola, dear, let him go free. You mean that... Yes, it's the butcher boy for me. Oh, no, no, no. The butcher boy's for me. Oh, no, no, no. The butcher boy's for me. Aida... Wed me right away. I'd buy you lots of pizza and spaghetti every day. With macaroni. With macaroni. And minestrone. And minestrone. You're right, the kid. The butcher boys are for you. This is Michael Roy speaking for the Coca-Cola Company saying, whoever you are, whatever you do, wherever you may be, when you think of refreshment, think of Coca-Cola. For Coca-Cola makes any pause the pause that refreshes. And ice-cold Coca-Cola is everywhere. And now here is Spike Jones. I want to thank Don Amici for being our guest tonight. Well, I had a wonderful time. Hey, uh, Spike, who's going to be your guest next week? 
Well, no one, Don. This is our last broadcast of the season. Oh! But I do want to thank all of the city slickers. Doodles Weaver, George Roxer, Frederick Gass, Dick Morgan, Freddie Morgan, Dr. Horatio Q. Birdbath, Joe Syracuse, Paul Liu, Dick Gardner, Roger Donnelly, Dick Baldwin, Jay Meyer, Eddie Brandt, Eddie Medcalf, Joe Colvin, Cal Brown, Eileen Gallagher, and Eddie Prips for helping me have a wonderful season. I'd also like to thank our producer, Joe Bigelow, and our writer, Jay Summers. And, of course, our sponsor, the Coca-Cola Company. As for all our friends and listeners, believe me, you've really been swell. We'll see all of you soon. Until then, so long, music lovers. Amici appears with the courtesy of Camel Cigarette. Spike Jones and his musical depreciation review may be seen in person starting August 4th in Las Vegas, Nevada. Tonight's show came to you transcribed. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs> <laughs>